just the coach giving permission to the coachee to look beyond their own realm of experience and understanding can be enough just to set them on the way. Welcome to season three of the Gospel Coach Podcast. Our aim in these podcasts is to empower you, the gospel coach, in the ongoing ministry of the gospel through coaching other leaders by examples of our learned experiences, as well as inviting different guest coaches to share what they are utilizing and multiplying the gospel among the nations. I'm your host, Jim Moon Jr., alongside the pioneer of gospel coaching and founder and president of CMM, Dr. Tom Wood. Tom began gospel coaching, creating the cross conversation model over 15 years ago and began training other gospel coaches in the USA in 2009. So good to be able to be with you and to share with our team of global coaches uh, here at CMM USA headquarters. We have 12 professional coaches. We have on our team, it's Olivia Jackson. She's the director of women coaching. Olivia's doing a great job for us in uh, women coaching. You can contact us about that whole avenue. And the Lord has added a new space for gospel coaching in the chaplaincy corps. Military, first responders, and corporate chaplains. That's just getting underway, but already gaining great traction. We have Dr. Don Sampson. He's taken a new role with us as the director of chaplaincy coaching and has introduced gospel coaching in that space, and it is expanding and doing quite well. And don't forget, we now have expanded our coaching and training into the United Kingdom, England, Scotland, and Wales, and next up, Ireland, with Matt Waldock in Manchester, England, coming on our staff team here recently to handle the 70-plus men and women who have now gone through Gospel Coach Foundations. And all that, of course, is in addition to our coaching in the church world with planters, pastors, associational leaders, and movement leaders in cities, towns, college towns, and cross-culturally in the USA. One last thought for those of our listeners who are gospel coaching. If you've never been coached, we encourage you to get one, even if it's for a short season. Be sure to listen to the amazing conversations and helpful reminders in our first two seasons. We continue with important topics from your ministry of coaching and to cross-pollinate ideas and insights in gospel coaching practices from other regions. Please contact us at gospelcoachingnetwork at gmail.com with questions or comments. All right, here we are. Good to be back for another episode. We have a special guest joining us today. We got Matt from our UK office. Hey, Matt, glad you're here. Hey, Jim. Hey, Tom. Good to see you. Good to be with you. He's not a guest anymore, Jim. He's not a guest. He's an employee. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I should be saying kind of sir, right? Is that that's right. right. That's right. I saw you salute. So, yeah, that oh, was really go. good. There we go. <laughs> a Brit has never saluted an American. I Trust me. I know that's never happened. Um, I'm happy to pioneer being the first. <laughs> yeah so hey everybody that's listening this is new it's a it's an announcement i guess of, of some sorts we now uh cmm now has on the field uh part-time director of uh cmm uk gospel coaching and uh church vitality uh stuff in the uk so if you are listening and you are in uh, england or scotland or wales or ireland um you can uh, get in touch with Matt at matt at cmmnet.org and tell him welcome aboard. And if you want any more information from him about what's happening now in, in the UK with gospel coaching, he is the man. I would oh. love that. I would love that. Yeah, absolutely. Get in touch. Drop me a message and I'd love to connect with you. 
So all across all across the United Kingdom, but also into Europe. Um, if you're listening, um, where where is our oh Belgium? So if you're in Belgium, um, you can contact. That's right. Because I know we had a big audience in Belgium um, at one time. I don't know about it anymore. But anyways, on a serious note, if you if you're listening and you're uh, overseas, you know you're not in America, obviously, and uh, you're over in England or in or in Europe, and you want to find out more about um, how uh, Gospel Coaching UK can can come serve, then get hold of Matt. So, welcome aboard, sir. We're glad to have you. Thank you very much. Delighted, delighted to be here and really excited to be part of the CMM family. So Jim and I have been talking in the last several uh, episodes about um, what we call adaptive coaching. And Matt, you're familiar with this, but just to bring you up to, up to speed on what we've been doing. And, and we've been tackling the different quadrants about adaptive coaching and um, how we as gospel coaches, we have to diagnose the situation. We have to adapt um, our coaching approach um, to the need of the coachee because each coachee comes to us at a different place in their own journey, in their own place. They're not all in the same place. And um, we've said over and over that, uh, um, that there's not one way. We shouldn't think of ourselves as saying our only, the only tool we have in our toolkit is asking questions that coaching we've said is, you know, in the contemporary world is, is, is completely non-directive. And so you only ask questions and what we're advocating or advocating for is that that may be by, by definition in one, in one field of thinking about coaching, but that's not the way the gospel comes to us in in one dimension. It's multidimensional. And uh, so we want to be, skilled as coaches in order to, as, as we're dealing with a coachee at a different place in their own journey, we want to have the skill sets to know how to adapt our, our approach to them, to make them uh, more successful, better, healthier, sustain them in the course of their own journey. So. Yeah. So we're, we're picking up, this is the fourth of four podcasts on adaptive coaching. We've talked about, we'll get to the quadrants here in a minute but we're we're essentially at the the final leg here for those of you that have been listening uh for how do we adapt our coaching when someone is super enthusiastic and has very little know-how or experience or skill and uh, we were laughing about how that was all three of us at one point uh, when we yeah. when we first started church planting absolutely um, yeah I feel like I was the prototypical, uh, ready to charge hell with a water pistol uh, in my enthusiasm. My motivation was off the charts. And uh, I had, you know, I'd spoken, I'd been a junior high youth pastor and had been an interim pastor. And um, I I knew I didn't know a lot, but boy, I I didn't know all the things I didn't know. So uh, what, what about you, Matt? What was it like for you? Diving in to be a church planter. Do you know when you were describing kind of storming the fires of hell with a water pistol, that really resonated. I love that image. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of the nature of when you're young and given the opportunity to really go for it, all of the things that you thought you could do faster, quicker, more effective 
than the guys who perhaps you'd watched come before you, you suddenly kind of realize how much out of your depth you really are. Um, frankly, I felt like I was um, uh, just trying to keep my head above water for most of the first years. And even now, you know, I'm kind of facing situations and thinking, I really feel like I should know, know more than I I currently do, you know, uh, and yeah, at the very beginning, it was exciting and nightmarish in equal measure. Yeah. 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 I think, yeah, you, as Jim said, all of us, you know, all of us, you know, I started my first church plant. I like your, I like your image, you know, your metaphor of the, of the water pistol. I, I, I put my wife and three kids into a dinghy and we shoved off the shore, you know, into the Pacific ocean with waves <laughs> and me thinking i got this you know i can row this ship you know yeah and it's just a little dinghy against this ocean <laughs> wow. you know of life and you know I, I i did my first church plant um i came out of seminary and i'd been a church youth pastor i'd preached as a supply preacher uh for about two years before i, I launched everything but i'd never been the senior guy or cast a vision or you know had to put into place all those things and there was zero experience in church planning. In fact, I want you to, to, to understand this. This was so long ago. There was, there was no church planner training. There were no church planning books. There was no resource you could turn to and go, am I doing this right? You know, hmm. I mean, church planning was a new kind of a new thing. Church growth had been around uh, for existing churches, but starting new churches from scratch, there was nothing. There was no resource and there were no coaches and there were no consultants. And, and you know, we were all just experimenting, you know, all on our own. And uh, I moved my family, you know, uh, close to 2000 miles away from all of our support systems, you know, because I knew, you know, I was highly motivated, man. I was off the chart. You know, we say it's one to 10, man. I was a 15 on the motivation. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. And the thing we have in common together is church planting, but it's it's not just about church planters, right? It, it could be starting a nonprofit. It could be taking a new role within an existing church. It could be doing revitalization. It could be uh, being the, the, the spouse of a church planter or a pastor. You know, every, yeah. every Christian leader needs a coach, particularly right. when you're starting things. Right. So yes, this is this applies to everybody. Um, uh, we want to clarify again for all of you that are coaching and trying to use the gospel coaching cross conversation approach. Um, so Matt, what is it that we emphasize uh, when when it comes to our training about questions and and listening? Well, Jim, we want to kind of really underscore the importance and significance of asking good questions and say a massive part of the training is demonstrating a commitment to asking good questions for as long as we can. I guess we all appreciate that uh, we have not been trained well to listen. You know, we have not been trained well to actively uh, listen to what people are saying, to empathically uh, listen. We, we've really struggled, I think, to embed those, those skills. And, and I'm sorry, Matt, what did you say again? I wasn't listening. <laughs> thanks, Tom. Thanks. 
point, point, you know, exemplified there. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. just ready to tell you what to do. That's it. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. That's, exactly. That's well, the temptation. But, but this is the thing, actually. I think when you get a lot of people in a room who particularly have leadership responsibility, what they're very good is at telling people what to do. They're very good at kind of seeing the problems and coming up with the solutions that they think is the issue. When actually part of, I think, a skilled approach to coaching is pausing, stopping, assuming that you don't know everything and actually asking good questions to get a clearer picture. Now, I've, um, I've, I found the, um, the, the podcasts thinking about adaptive coaching really helpful. But for those of us who are new to thinking about this a little bit, Tom, would, would you just help me and I guess newer listeners, could you help us visualize the adaptive coaching quadrant that you've been talking through? Yeah, so we've gone over this, but again, visualize in your mind a square and then, you know, cut it up into four pieces four different semi-quadrants. And you've got um, in the bottom left quadrant, you will call that number one. And then you move to the right, the bottom right quadrant, number two. And then up above two is three. And then over to the top left is four. So I think Jim's rightly called it a, a backward C. Um, those are the four quadrants. And on the left-hand side, you have an access going um, from the high mark at the high, at the top down to the bottom. So the high being a 10 and the bottom low being low, zero, down in the left-hand corner. And then starting at the left-hand corner is low on the bottom, going across the bottom, um, high um, to the 10. And that's the motivation axis. So on the left-hand side, skills, knowledge, we might put experiences in there. Um, and then on the bottom, the motivation of the person. So in the low, in the in the bottom left-hand quadrant, you have somebody who's low in low in skill and knowledge. They don't really know much, and they're low in motivation. We've talked about that in earlier podcasts. And then you've got in number two, going to the right. Get somebody who's highly motivated but low in skills or knowledge. They don't really have experiences. And that can be, again, if you're thinking about this, you know, anywhere from a one to a five. Some have zero experience. Some have a little bit of experience. Like I said, when I went out, I had some experience in preaching, you know, and I've been a youth pastor. I've been on staff, but I didn't have any, any experience in actually leading, you know, anything or being the person with a vision. Then you move up to the next quadrant, which is, uh, these are the people, all of us coaches love to coach. They're highly motivated, highly skilled, highly knowledgeable. They know what they're doing. They've done it before. Um, and you just kind of guide them and ask good questions. And, you know, that person's leading the agenda. And then you move over to the left-hand quadrant, uh, top left-hand quadrant, which is the high in skills and knowledge and low in their motivation. We talked about um, this one uh, last in our, in our previous um, uh, podcast. And uh, that's the person that needs a lot of encouragement. So we use this matrix. It's a different set of quadrants. We keep them in mind. I keep them in mind every time I'm coaching or learning about somebody. It may not be every conversation, but as I'm getting to know the person and getting to know their story, I'm kind of discerning where they are kind of in this matrix. Um, and, 
and again, because we we recognize that every single person that we're coaching is coming to us at a different place in their own journey, in their own story, but they're not all the same people. And some of them have an enormous amount of experience and some of them zero amount of experience. Some of them may have a lot of experience, but they've, but they've, the rigors of ministry, this is not what they thought they signed up for, you know, those, they, they heard, as we, as we were, as Jim and I were talking, the last thing, you know, they, they had this, they had the hard skills. They took classes and all those things about preaching styles and, you know, discipleship matrix and all those kind of things. But the soft skills of dealing with loss, like how do you deal with loss? How are you coaching somebody when they've just buried six people, you know? That, that's a real gut-wrenching time. And um, so we talked about that in the yeah. last time. Yeah. yeah so we're learning something new today. Really helpful. Yeah. So we're, we're going to focus on quadrant number two, the one that is a person who's highly motivated and just energetic. Um, as Tom said, he was a 15 on a scale of one to 10. But the the skills, the knowledge are, are lacking a lot of times, you know, let's face it. You don't know what you don't know. You've got blind spots. And so the enthusiasm gets us out in the dinghy in the Pacific ocean or charging hell with a water pistol or whatever your analogy is, um, whether it's church planting or leadership in another ministry. Um, so highly excited and motivated to go. So. What's the yeah. next thing to chat through, Dr. Tom? Yeah, I don't think we need a, we don't really need a case study on this one. We've been using case studies, I think, in every yeah. single one of them. I think all three of us might be the case study, you know, just yeah. by our own experiences. We yeah. can relate to this, to this quadrant um, at some level as because we've all started out from scratch. And not only was I, did I think I was a 15 in my motivation? I mean, I was off the chart, ready to go. I was going to take the city that I was headed to to plant a church. I was going to take it by storm. I was going to, we're going to make all these significant changes. But I also thought I was at least above the center line on some of my skills, you know, and um, didn't know that I didn't have those skills that I thought I had. But, but uh, even, even if you're, so again, we're, 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 we're trying to help people that are coaching. So even if you're coaching a pastor in his first pastorate, as Jim said, or a teacher or a student pastor, and they're going to a senior pastor. In other words, their role has changed and they don't have the knowledge of this. Um, Matt, I know you, you uh, had some experience in planting when you planted uh, City Church Manchester. You'd been part of a church planting thing in Liverpool, or I think. Yeah. And, um, but you had not been the guy. You had not been, you know, you went with no. a co-pastor, but you guys, the two of you had never started a church from scratch and, and done all those yeah. things. So. Yeah, we had never been in that situation and there was a whole knowledge deficit that we didn't have. And in some senses, I think we thought we could bridge it because we had seen someone else do it. But actually, it's not until you're in the driving seat do you actually appreciate the deficit. Yeah, you don't really, like Jim said, you don't know what you don't know. You know, you think you know, but then you don't know, you know. And uh, yeah, so... This brings up this different aspect then of adaptive coaching. And this is, as Jim has said, this is the this is the leader who's high on motivation, but low in their skills and knowledge. And so you as a coach, your aim in this quadrant, your key aim is you're dealing with somebody who's in this particular place in their journey, in their life, 
I'm going to use a word, but 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 don't loot, don't cut off the tape until uh, until until I explain it. Okay, but I'm going to say education, um, and this what I mean by education is not probably what you think when you hear education, because all of us have been trained in an educational format that is very didactic. I I as the learner sit there, you as the teacher, you talk, you you. Um, lecture to me, I take notes, and then I go do something with that. And that's not what we mean by education as a coach. Um, so be, be, because we come at it with some adult learning assumptions, and um, Jim, you've, um, you've done a great job teaching people on how to train because we have an adult learning methodology and how we train, and we've got to teach people yeah. adult learning theories. But this is what we mean by education. So Yeah. We, we recognize that we've all been through formal education. And I think this is sitting here thinking about how we've seen other people teach. We've seen other people educate. And so our thinking is, well, I just need better. I need a better teacher, right? <laughs> I could teach better than that, but that's, that's missing the difference. What we, what adults need is not formal classroom necessarily, or just informal figuring it out on their own, but they need a setting where they're going to learn what they want to learn, what they need to acquire in that moment, what's relevant and what is applicable. And is at that point, highly important. So adult learning is highly practical. It's not just the classroom knowledge, but it's putting it into action. And a coach is the person who is there to help them put what they know into action and then help them find subject matter experts, other resources, other experiences like case study sort of things where they can learn what they need to know in that particular moment. Yeah. And so there's resources now, like in planning a church, there's resources that are out there, right. On how to do certain things, how to go network. Yeah. We have at CMM. We have we have books available for that, that that you can that you can get if you're planting. And there's books on how to revitalize a church now. And there's plenty of resources now that are out there in the marketplace. And so you, as a coach, don't spend your time teaching them how to do certain things, but you can help them figure out where they go to, what subject matter expert, what resource they can go get, because they're, as Jim said, they're highly motivated now to to learn something. And, and that's how adults, they get it. And um, we can access all sorts of information today that we couldn't years ago. You know, um, YouTube videos, are, I mean, you can get anything, learn anything on YouTube. Now, you may not learn the best ways, but you can get the options of a lot of things on, on YouTube. I, I rented a car not too long ago. It was in a kind of vehicle that I, it was an upgrade and I didn't know much about this upgrade car. And somehow I was leaving the airport and somehow I, I pressed a button and the emergency lights came on. They were flashing. And I was like, I don't even know what button I pushed, you know? And, and, and I, so I pulled, I couldn't figure out how to, I was driving and going, you know, 70 miles an hour. And I go, I better pull off. So I pull off and I'm looking at this dashboard with all these buttons and, and I can't figure out what button to push to stop the, the emergency lights. So you know what I did? I got my phone out and went to YouTube and put in there emergency lights. And then, you know, the kind of vehicle I was in, cause I'd never been in this vehicle before. <laughs> emergency lights in this kind of vehicle yeah. and up came a, a, 
a, a two minute video on how to turn the emergency <laughs> lights off on and off on this car. <laughs> but that's the, we're, we're in a knowledge economy now and people can go access in all kinds of information. And so you as a coach don't need to be the teacher in the, in the didactic uh, pedagogical sense um, that we think of when we think of teaching or education. Uh, this is um this is so valuable because it takes the pressure off the coach having to be the all-knowing expert and i right. i love that about that and that's a conversation that i often have with people who say actually i couldn't coach i just don't know enough and actually mm. what you're saying is it's not about that the, the other thing that i think is really helpful with this is with adult learners even those who are very enthusiastic and very well motivated, there's something about adult learners where there's almost a stigma when you don't know something about going to ask for help or going to find help. And actually, when the coach says, you know, have you thought about speaking to that person you know who's already done this or kind of here's a resource that you should look into or here's a YouTube clip that you might find helpful – just the coach giving permission to the coachee to look beyond their own realm of experience and understanding can be enough just to set them on the way. That sounds so simple, but actually that's a massive blockage I often find with adult learners. And the, the right coach at the right time will just unlock that door very easily. And even if I don't know a resource, I like your question, you know, well, do you know somebody that you could talk to about this or who, or like in discipleship, I'll ask guys, well, who, what church do you know? Or what church that you look at and go, I like the way they do disciple making. Well, you could, you could call them right. And have an interview of how they do it and learn from them. So yeah. it's not me even saying, Hey, you should talk to this church because they've got a really good discipleship program. Like, who do you know that has a good, who, yeah. who do you like? You know? Yeah. Um, and referring to that's great. That is so good because that's that's the kind of when we say education, that's you're helping somebody that doesn't know, but they're but they're motivated. And when they're motivated, as Jim was saying, as an adult learner, they're motivated to, to learn something, they're gonna go learn it, they're gonna go get it. And because we live in this knowledge baked in knowledge economy, they can go get it. And it's wonderful, isn't it, when you kind of connect with them at the next coaching session and they're coming back and they say, hey, I spoke to that person. We had a great chat and, you know, this came up and this came up. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. Yeah, that is, that's a, a really valuable way. Yeah, it's uh, in some ways it's like freeing, freeing adult learners from the formal classroom box. I have to learn this from a teacher. I have to take notes. Right. We're, we all resist that because we've, we did it for years. Uh, but when we as coaches presume that, okay, well, now this guy doesn't know what to do. Let me just start lecturing him. Right. That's not what we're looking for. Yeah. That's a consultant. Mm -hmm. A consultant tells them, this is what you need to do next to, to fix this, you know, and we're not into consulting. So gospel coaching, it's, always situationally applied. And uh, we at CMM, we want to help you as coaches excel at what you're doing. Changes our coaching, coaching business model, I guess. And we want to help you with that. So again, if you want to contact us at gospelcoachnetwork at gmail.com 
or you can contact Matt if you're in Europe or in the UK, Matt at cmmnet.org. And he'd be glad to talk with you. Thanks, guys, brothers. Appreciate you with this. And uh, onward, upward, till we get to the next uh, next podcast. That's great. Good to be with you. Good to see you, Matt. Great to see you guys, too. Thank you for joining us. Remember, we'd love to hear from you. If you have a question or a comment or a story to share, send us a note via gospelcoachnetwork at gmail.com. <laughs>